Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, hello, welcome to Broken Records. This is episode 70 of the spin off podcast from Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. You can listen to us every Friday talking about all manner of things from the world of music, but this is not what that is. This is where we, that's me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. Hello. How you doing? Very metal today, aren't you? Just quite metal. Appropriate. Yeah. I've actually, I've actually just um, bought a new Metallica hoodie, which I'm showing off um, on, on the video anyway. But yeah, yeah. it's nice. It's five XL. I went for like an absolutely huge one, so it feels like a blanket. Anyway, <laughs> wrong, wrong place to be talking about this. But yeah, I really like it. Good. Well, I'm glad you like it. And uh, yeah, anyway, we are searching for the worst album ever made in the history of music. Renfrey has already decided to retreat into said massive hoodie because this <laughs> could be could get icky today. This this show. Um, we have a big old pile of records that we have compiled from various sources and for various reasons. They're not because we want to shit on the artists that created this record and we hate them personally. It is all to do with the commercial standing of the record, the critical reaction to the record, the fan reaction to the record, the industry reaction to the record, the fact that it was just really fucking weird, and everyone thinks it's really fucking weird. There are many reasons why we might be talking about a record on this show. So I just thought I'd get that out of the way before I introduce this week's stellar addition to the albums that we have covered thus far and then do the flop 20. Today we're going to be talking about The Rebirth by Lil Wayne, the seventh studio album from the Norwegian, the New Orleans, and he said Norlands. It would have been New Orleans. I thought you were about Manola. to say, I thought you were about to say Norwegian. And I was yeah, he's, like, he's not, is he Norwegian? He's, no, yeah, he's yeah. definitely not Norwegian. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's from New Orleans. He's a rapper. He released this album on the 2nd of February 2010. And fuck me, is there a lot to talk about? So before we get into all the shit that we need to talk about, let's just run down the flop 20, the 20 worst records that we have covered thus far from the 69 records with, with this, The Rebirth by Lil Wayne being the 70th. Number 20 is Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis XIV, followed by The Cosmos Rocks by Queen of Paul Rogers, Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound, Mr. Blobby, The Album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, soundtrack to the film, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Owen Quigg with Eogan Quigg, Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2. He's been in the news, hasn't he, Chris Barnes? I said this has. last week, didn't I? But he's just been annoying people, basically. Yeah. Um, Chris, if you're listening... Remember to block me and Renfrey as well, because we think you're a cock, so don't let us get away with it. Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. Oh yeah, I wonder if that'll come up later on. Um, Cut the Crap by The Clash. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Arsehole by Gene Simmons. Total Zanarchy by Little Zan. Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor. Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. Oh yeah. I wonder if that'll come up later on. Uh, the True Symphonic Rockestras, Concerto and True Minor, Uncle Crackers Double Wide, Crazy Frog with the Crazy Hits, and I'm Not a Fan, But the Kids Like It 
by Broken Side still remains number one, and we should say unranked. Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. Where the fuck you put that? I have absolutely no idea. But let's get into The Rebirth by Lil Wayne, released on the 2nd of February 2010. So, Lil Wayne, a famous man, Renfrey, a famous man. And I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that I maybe am a little bit more familiar with Lil Wayne's oeuvre than you. But then even saying that, I don't know that much about Lil Wayne myself. Okay. What... All I think about when I think of Little Wayne is the fact that he's called Wayne. And it wasn't all I think about, it, but one of the things that feels so dominant in my mind is the fact that he's called Wayne. And I feel that's quite, like, it's quite a British name, isn't it, Wayne? It doesn't feel like Americans. Uh, I mean, I suppose John Wayne, but that's a surname. I sort of think when of I Wayne's think Wayne, World. When, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it a British name? I don't know. I feel I like every time I think is. of Wayne, I think of Wayne and Waynetta. I think of like a sort of... Okay. Somebody who works, he lives in a council estate. Someone, you know, like he probably works on a building site, and he's like the butt of the jokes. It's an it Georgina. Is a... I don't want you. That fucking Wayne came and knocked on your on the door for you the other day, Georgina. I don't want you fucking seeing that. He's a fucking idiot. Oh come on, Dad. He's all right. He's all right. He's not all right. He's not all right. I saw him hitting himself on the head with a bottle of Rolling Rock the other day. He's a fucking idiot. That kid. That's what I think of when I think of Wayne. I think of somebody who you would talk who somebody of that uh, persuasion, persuasion would talk about in that that manner. I don't think you're a million miles off in terms of the heritage of the name because I've just done a very quick Google whilst you did that fantastic impersonation of a Wayne of all character. of all working of all class Wayne's. people. No, let's not say that. There might be some <laughs> okay. like, like nice Wayne's listeners. Mm-hmm. It is. Right. It, it does originate. It's an old English surname meaning a craftsman. Uh, basically a wagon driver or a builder so you know the whole working class thing yes most likely uh yeah so i guess that is fairly accurate I, that hadn't occurred to me before but yes fine okay um but so now we've got the name wayne out of my system uh, <laughs> <laughs> little wayne by the time out of your system now and we've got the name wayne out of your system yeah all done so wayne to become uh little wayne this is by the way not wayne who i was talking about but wayne had become a very big name by the time his seventh album was due to come along um from his time in hot boys in the mid to late 90s um the release of some pretty well received early albums from sort of 99 to the early part of the millennium i don't really feel like he was a particularly big name here in the uk around that time sort of well known but it was for me really at least at least for me i would say the release of the Carter in 2004, which is his fourth album, that I saw him being spoken about more often and spoken about uh, in slightly more revered tones by people. Your prior relationship with Lil Wayne before we get into this, Renfrey? I think this is probably the oldest I'm going to sound that I ever have done on the podcast. And I've sounded pretty old on the podcast before. Um, But to be honest, I have never really managed to differentiate all the lils and uh you can now little mix and (laughs) i really mean more the lils um and because generally i have been told if it's got a lil in the name probably you can avoid it uh i'm sure there are exceptions before people start screaming at their devices or whatever um, but I've been told as a general rule, 
you can probably just ignore it if it's a little something. Um, so uh, I really haven't paid all that much attention. I was aware that Lil Renfrey, Wayne was one. Renfrey Deadman outing himself as a size queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just information that was passed on to me yeah. many years ago. I think it was uh, from a colleague who worked at The Independent. And, and he was a colleague who was like really into hip-hop and r&b and so he knew what he was talking about in that area so i was like okay you know i'll go with you because you obviously know a lot more than i do mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean lil wayne obviously i'm aware of he's guested on records what what did he guest on that we reviewed uh he did he was on the weekend's album that's it um yeah and obviously i'm aware of the name but i couldn't give you any specifics whatsoever Okay, that's fine. I have to be honest here. I, like I say, I was never really too invested in this sort of thing whilst it was happening around the time. I'd grown fairly cold to hip hop around the sort of middle part of the 2000s, really, particularly this ilk. There's a few things that I was sort of used to at least try or I had a bit of an interest in. I think we mentioned, you know, like obviously Kanye Westwood and he was doing. Um, you know the sort of late registration and the the college dropout and stuff I, I i was interested in that and i always sort of dipped into the things that i'd sort of previously been a bit interested in but my i think the, the problem is my ex-girlfriend's brothers she had two brothers and they weren't horrible people but they weren't the sort of people that i found myself having uh, I could tell you a story about something they said that once, which made me go, I can't believe how just they supported Chelsea and they had a nickname for one of Chelsea's players, which was racially insensitive for their okay. own player. Okay. Did Didier Drogba. They didn't used to call him Didier Drogba and they supported Chelsea. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, we can probably right. use our imagination. I think you can. It shouldn't be too hard to mm. use your imagination. Mm. And I used to sort of go, I mean, that would be terrible what you've just said in, in any circumstance. Mm. And weirdly, like, they were really into hip-hop. But the sort of hip-hop they were into was, like, around that time, they loved 50 Cent. I know you're a big fan of. Oh, yeah. The game. It was the game that I was like, fuck me, they love the game. And I was just like, this is wank, this. Mm. Obi Trice. I actually think Obi, I've got no beef with Obi Trice. But like, it was stuff like that. It was all they used to listen to all the time. And they were the, they were proper, like, you know, vodka, Red Bull, go out on a Saturday night, get into a fight and all that. And I was a bit like, and, that, and they like Lil Wayne. And I remember just sort of thinking to myself, I found myself sort of trying to avoid them and anything that they liked. And Lil Wayne was sort of one of those artists. But when I was looking in the music press, I did notice that Lil Wayne around this time seemed to be a bit more um, well regarded by than the the type of thing that they were like listening to in the main. So, you know, I remember he was on the song Soldier with Destiny's Child and it was all right, I thought. I mean, he's much better than T.I., that's for fucking damn sure, who's also on that song. And we get to sort of 2008, and the Carter 2 and 3 had come out of this month. So the Carter was like the big, I guess the sort of first time when people were like, oh, this is, you know, sort of really, really quite good. And then the Carter 2, I think the Carter 2, from everything that I've heard from Little Wayne, I think is probably the best thing, personally, I think that I've heard from it. Some quite good moments on that. I'm not absolutely like 
you know i i think some of it's cool although i think get money fuck bitches is one of many things that is quite hard to defend in 2022 from that record that's the name of the that's the name of the song chorus chorus, okay um i mean you say it's hard to defend in 2022 shouldn't that be hard to defend in 2005 when it was released as well i mean yeah i guess so but i mean yeah well yeah i guess it was <laughs> there's quite a few i mean i didn't i didn't hear it in, hard to, to defend as well. i didn't hear it in that kind of, like that much when it came out in 2005 so mm. i mean I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to defend or attack it really so i didn't yeah. hear it um the car three sold over three million copies in the u.s won a whole bunch of grammys around that time including the best rap album grammy in 2008 nominated for the prestigious album of the year uh for that record as well Named MTV Man of the Year in 2008. There you go. Not bad. Lauded by pretty much everyone from, from Kanye West to Time magazine. We're kind of bigging up Little Wayne around this time. And I remember being like, oh, it seems to be. Because I was a bit like you. Skeptical, I guess. And I was like, mm, maybe I've been a little bit. Or maybe he's a, maybe he's better than I, I maybe thought he was. And I had a quick listen. And I have to, you know, like this was around the time we could start downloading stuff for free and i was like well i'll try and listen to a little bit of everything so i'm not going to sit here and pretend like i've listened to little every little wayne album Mm, mm. but i listened to enough to go some of this is all right and that's about as far as i would go really again i think the carter three is good in places i'm not that fussed by it a lot of auto-tune but i mean Mm. is there lots of auto-tune across his entire career is that like his thing uh, no, I mean, on the Carter 2, there's... I don't think it's predominantly that. But it, it gets to a point where there's a fuckload. Like, the Carter 3, was, I think... That's got a lot of a lot more of it than anything else that he had done, I think. I mean, again, I've not heard all of it. But certainly there seemed to be, like, a definite shift towards that that happened quite largely on the Carter 3. Yeah. Um, Certainly, he's very, very prolific, I noticed. Since 1999, mm. he's released 14 albums. So, mm. you know, and um, this was his seventh. He came out in 2010, and he'd only started releasing records in 1999. So, you know, fair play from that perspective, I suppose. I, it did make me wonder straight away, is there a quality control uh, issue there? But then I'm aware that hip-hop and all this sort of thing does tend to come out in quicker succession than... Well, it's uh, not even the, the only album he released this year. Is uh, one we're going to talk about. He released two in 2010. So, I mean, I, I'd say to sort of close up, like, Carter Three, good in places, can't sound that fast by it. Um, I think, listen to I mean, I listened to it today, and I think the bar has been raised so far beyond it at this point that you know like when jay-z's on the album with him it's it's all right but when it's fucking t-pain t-pain can fuck right off as far as i'm concerned um but you know he was doing well for himself renfrey he had his young money label at this point as well he was doing very well for himself and uh he's a how can i put this we'll get into this in the end but he's a funny little man little wayne he's a funny little bloke i've seen a lot of interviews with him and he's a weird dude to elaborate might elaborate towards the end but i just think he's not quite he's not really doesn't ever strike me as being fully in the room with you do you know what i mean oh okay yeah all right which is not the worst thing anyone's ever done no but 
he just doesn't really seem like he's quite people have said oh he's like an alien or something and he, he is a bit weird just seems a bit weird okay like, he's not one of, some people you go like well I wouldn't want to get near them because they seem really violent or just like a dickhead he doesn't quite strike me as a dickhead he doesn't strike me as like he'd be violent or he's be too aggressive or too over the top I just would be like God, you just have to bet your, bet your hard work there were a lot of things expressed on this record which made me think he seems like a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah oh yeah so we should really have seen what was coming on this record coming so um the aftermath of the Carter three saw little wayne uh, appear on a song called revolver with madonna which is pretty big okay. for her greatest hits compilation he was on the song and i'm not aware of this song maybe you are tiffany blues from the 2008 fallout boy album foiladeur I you know never, got, never got that far with Fallout Boy, no. Me no, neither, not. no, no. Uh, but he was on that. And of course, here's one that we can both talk about. He was on the song I Can't Stop Partying from the best Weezer album, Raditude. Yes, he was. You've made it, mate. You've <laughs> smashed it. You've, you are part of popular culture. You've broken through the glass ceiling <laughs> into mainstream acceptance by being on a Weezer song. Yeah. Um, of course... It is worth saying that Can't Stop Partying is not only probably from... Uh, is Raditude the worst Re- Weezer album? I don't know. But it's certainly got the most crap bits on it, I think. I think that's fair to say. I've seen loads of publications rank Weezer's albums over the years. And Raditude is always in the bottom three, I would say. Often it is last... I would probably give that honour to Hurley, personally. Yeah, me too. But it's pretty damn close between Raditude and Hurley. The only reason I prefer Raditude over Hurley is it's got um, the the first song on. If you want me to, want me to. I've done this multiple times on the podcast. Too many times, way too many times. But but that is the only redeeming feature of that record. It's very dynamic and it's very experimental, but for all the wrong reasons, that album. And I Can't Stop Partying is a fucking turkey. It's dreadful. It's crap. Yeah. Yeah. And Lil Wayne arguably makes it worse. Yes, I think, I actually think there is a strong, like, he isn't given anything very good to work with. (laughs) You know, and it pains me to say that as a Weezer fan, but yes, I think he makes something... It's, it's just, you know, vomits on a turd, doesn't he? Basically. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a new, new Jackass film out. Something like they do, isn't it? Vomit on a turd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be the name of your biography, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, there was a lot of talk around this time that the Carter 3 was going to be released as a special edition thing with these extra leftover tracks that were going to be added to a kind of deluxe bonus edition of the record. And that was due for release on the 21st of December. Um, but the date, 2009 this is, but the date was pushed back. And that's because I guess this record has nothing to do with the Carter 3. It is a whole new load of stuff. Um, that was my assumption. Although it's not, yeah. it's not particularly clear, is it? 
But, it's not particularly yeah. clear. Um, <clears throat> to the point where Amazon accidentally did ship out 500 copies of the album that had been pre-ordered to people who probably didn't really know what they were getting. But, I mean, <laughs> Little Wayne decided, bloody idiots, Bezos, you bastard, you fucking knob rocket he's got a knob shaped rocket hasn't I, he? I, <laughs> I very seldom defend amazon uh but considering the album had been pushed back i imagine someone at the record label just didn't tell amazon mm. and they probably sent it out on the uh date that it was originally meant to be released but yes but yeah okay. uh but Lil wayne decided that he wasn't going to do that and instead he was going to do a rock album he told mtv this is something brand new so we don't want it to be some experimental thing because some people are not going to like this i don't want them to not like the carter four but i do have an album coming up very soon and it's going to be called the carter three the rebirth the birth of a new beginning so they ditched the third ditched the, the, the carter three and just called it the rebirth but essentially that was the announcement little wayne was making a rock album now we've spoken a lot on this podcast about rock stars and guitar bands going rap 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 rock and how bad an idea that can be but this is one of those more rare occasions where we look at a rapper going rock and going what can you actually do rock music and i've got to be honest here i think rap i think rappers get i think they get away with it quite a lot they don't seem to get the same level of ire as rock stars do even though they don't very often come out of it very well either so i'm not quite sure why that has happened but when you look over mm. the years you got kanye west doesn't know the words to bohemian rhapsody as he proved in his glastonbury set which is quite embarrassing like really unreal uh we've got body count with ice tea now listen they've got much better over the years haven't they body count much better mm. yeah but those first few body count albums they're pretty clunky pretty clunky i've not listened to them for so long but i'll take your word for it i mean i imagine they are yeah yeah uh, i think the first one's clunky the second one's about just a little bit better and the third one well fucking hell is i mean there's a song about oj simpson on that which is i'd say maybe the most offensive thing i've ever a song i've ever heard in my life wow it's i don't unbel- think i don't think i yeah. heard that third one i don't think i got that far yeah um, it, it, it's it's called I Used to Love Her, and it is, well, go and listen to I Used to Love Her by Body Count. It is okay. so fucking offensive. It's unbelievable. It is like, I mean, I remember hearing at the time and being like, wow, this is really offensive. And again, the 90s, it was a different time. You listen to it, and, but it was offensive then. Now it's like, fucking hell, you couldn't do that now. Interesting. It's really quite offensive. Yeah. Um, okay. And then you've got Vanilla Rice, haven't you? Who we've spoken about. Yeah. Our old buddy, Vanilla. But was he ever really a proper rapper? I mean, that's, yeah, I guess he sort of was. But we talked about Vanilla Ice, and we talked about how Vanilla Ice actually was the problem on Hard to Swallow. Yes. Yes, he very much was. Yes, definitely. The stuff surrounding him... Uh, well, he had, it was Shannon Larkin was involved. Shannon Larkin, one of the guy, another guy from Amen as well, wasn't it? It was one of the... Yeah. the guy ended up being the bassist in Puddle of Mud. Produced by Ross, Ross Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the the backing. Whilst neither of those people's best work by uh, an extraordinary mile um, was acceptable, I would say. Yeah, it was, and it was sort of Vanilla Rice who took it down to 
turd level, I would say. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And I think broken, we also... To broken level. Yeah, he just broke it to a billion pieces. He took a fucking claw hammer to it. <laughs> and then, of course, a much more contemporary um, person to talk about as well. We've got Machine Gun Kelly as well, who, you know, is a massive cunt. I mean... <laughs> Whether whether or not his music is any good, I've not really properly listened to it. Sounds a bit like Blink One Eighty Two, from what I can ascertain. So that's enough for me. So um, he's very cocksure, isn't he? He is Machine very cocksure. I mean, Kelly. I I kind of like the like. I think he's a cunt, but I also quite like. Like I think I said before, I kind of like the cut of his jib because he don't give a fuck, which I think is kind of funny. But he also seems like he's absolutely talentless, which is a bit of a that's a that's a tough <laughs> that's a tough seesaw to balance when you've just dropped like a feather on one side and a bag of fucking coal on the other. Whereas, <laughs> like Machine Gun Kelly's ego is the bag of coal and his actual talent appears to be the feather, and it's like that's uh, a little bit more difficult to kind of get away with. I don't mind someone like Axl Rose or Kanye or you know the people you usually mention who are like, oh, you're a mad dickhead. I don't mind them being dickheads as much if, you know, they are really good. Because I don't think I've ever heard anything by Machine Gun Kelly that I would class as, well, not just really good, as not bad. Well, that's the thing. There's a strong argument to say that you can, you know, Axel and Kanye can uh, back themselves up with great work. And I don't know if that's quite true of Machine Gun Kelly at this point. Uh, Mm. I, I mean, when I say I don't know... I do literally mean I don't know. I've not really actively listened to any Machine Gun Kelly. But from what I am told, that isn't the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, look, they've all done it. They've had a go. But just wanted to point out there is, you know, it's. I think that everybody's to blame. It's always like, oh, white men got hold of rap. White men with guitars, suburban. And it's like, well, you know, it's a bit of a... We, it's a different, difficult thing to get. Not many people have got it right, no matter where they're coming from, right? Like rap, rock, rap metal, whatever you want to call it, that kind of clash of those two things, as discussed, it's quite a difficult thing to get right because yeah, something's always going to suffer. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily, you know, like mean that just because you get a good rapper, they might surround themselves with people who don't really understand rock music as much yeah re-listening to the battle of los angeles uh a few weeks ago for a writer's review we did mm. reminded me you know which is arguably the worst rage against the machine album mm-hmm. it reminded me just how difficult it is to get it as good as it should be and rage mm. is as good as it should be but how many other bands managed to do that it's probably half a dozen maximum, I would say. Mm. Yeah, it's not many times. So, um, but he's doing it and he's doing it and he's done it. So we have to accept it and talk about it. He told MTV that this album was him channeling his love for the Beastie Boys on the record, which I have to say, again, you know, much like Regents Machine, it's not a bad place to start if that's where, where you're going to yeah. go to, you know, the Beastie Boys. There were claims that the likes of Fallout Boy, Avril Lavigne and Lenny Kravitz were going to appear on the album. They did not appear no. on the album. Um, the first single from the record was The Prom Queen, which came out on the 27th of January 2009, peaked at number 15 on the US Billboard singles chart, and came with a video, which is sort of like a an angrier, darker version of Dance Dance by Fallout Boy. I don't know if you've oh, got right. a chance to watch no. the Prom Queen video, Renfrey. I did. Quite, 
quite good. It's got little Wayne at school with glasses on. You can tell he's a nerd. It's what's set when he's. A, you can tell he's a nerd because he's dressed exactly the same and he's got gold teeth. and He's got a tattooed face, but he's got glasses on, so he's a nerd, right? <laughs> oh, he's a nerd. He yeah, yeah. oh, must be a nerd. Yeah, like they don't try and dress him up like a nerd at all. He's still wearing like <laughs> fucking massive tracksuit and gold chains and stuff. Like that. I reckon they got him. They went right. Well, there's the first bit. Obviously, is where you're at school and you're a nobody and she doesn't fancy you so wear this and he went no well it'll look more realistic if you wear he's like i'll put the glasses on that'll show <laughs> it's like what are you like fucking nerd clark you clark kent or something are you so anyway he's sitting in the classroom looking at the prom queen and she does not like that he's basically perving on a girl right basically right. like sort of perving right. perving on a girl and she doesn't fancy him Okay, because he's got glasses on. Yeah, and... obviously. I mean, why, why, <laughs> why the fuck would you fancy someone with glasses on? Ugh. Yeah, Disgusting. and then they're in the lunchroom and he goes up to her to talk to her and the jock boyfriend grabs her and sits her on his lap and he's like, oh no, oh, the prom queen, she won't speak to me. If only I had slightly better eyesight. That would be, that would solve everything. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, then they go to the prom and little Wayne's at the prom. In between this, by the way, he's also it cuts to him playing the guitar, and he's playing the guitar with one finger. Now, look, I'm not one of those people that gets annoyed where you see people like doing air guitar on telly or pretending to play the guitar, and they don't look like they can do it. Unless there's supposed to be someone who can actually play the guitar. You know, if you're someone in a film and you're, if you're yeah. playing someone, if you're on a TV show or a film and you're supposed to be someone who's playing a guitar and you, you're just like holding your thumb against the back of one of the strings, then I am like, well, you could have at least told him how to fucking do a chord. But Little Wayne is literally yeah. just like one finger and it is his his wedding ring finger and he's just hitting the guitar with, with and he's sort of moving up and down the fretboard. Um, I don't think he's played. I don't. There was questions actually about whether or not he played guitar on this album. I don't think he did. On the basis right. of that, I'm pretty sure he didn't. But anyway, so they go to the prom. There's little Wayne. He's looking at the prom queen. She gets announced prom king and queen, and uh, she's got the crown on and stuff. And then, are you watching it right now? Because your eyes yeah. are flickering, but you're watching it right now. <laughs> yeah. <You're, laughs> yeah. And then, as I discuss it, so, yeah. it's like the DVD commentary. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I was very, very curious about the finger thing. Um, yeah. And uh, he's certainly playing in a very strange way. Yeah, 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 yeah he is, yeah. Uh, Antonio, they go to the thing. But then a big mosh pit kicks off. A big mosh pit kicks off at the prom and it all goes mad and then it cuts to what I presume is sort of present day and little Wayne is playing on stage and the prom queen's in the crowd and she's like, oh God, I love you. And he's like, fuck you. And his band are corn. So it's Fieldy, Monkey and Jonathan Davis on drums. Oh, sweet. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a shame they're not on the record. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly not on the record. But clearly not on the records. It's cool but... that they're on the video. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, so corner in the video, but then I think Lil Wayne was in the video for You're On A Single. Am I right in saying that? Because a bunch of people were, weren't they? He might have been. It was Nas who was on the um, track, wasn't it? On the album. Yeah. Uh, Snoop, he, he Snoop Dogg's well in the video. Yeah, I think Lil, it might have been Lil Wayne. I can't remember. But anyway, there were a bunch of people in that video i think lil wayne was in there it's been a while since i've seen it so anyway that was the first song that came out for it and i mean it is quite different to 
you know what you usually would associate with Lil Wayne so it might have been a bit of a like oh, oh okay yeah, um, I can imagine yeah you're watching it still right now what bit I have am. you got to have you got to corn yet you still uh, waiting for corn I'm still working? waiting for corn oh, um, I can, uh, I in 2005 at the moment um, Lil Wayne founds Young Money Entertainment uh, it's going through the years and there's a baby and what it's, it feels yeah I, Lil Wayne prom queen official music video 2009 he's still singing in the studio uh lil in wayne his... sweeps grammys oh okay video, yeah. right this is yeah, all right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah uh there's a mosh I missed pit all the, the, yeah there's the mosh pit yeah i missed all the oh all here we go yes i can see corn yeah, there, there you yeah, go yeah, yeah. corn there they are you can see that very typically being corn-esque movements fill these bases yeah. up and stuff yeah showing yeah. off any of these mates of corn anyway there you go <laughs> pretty much <laughs> corn, yeah. corner in the video uh, gets it's kind of the highlight of the show, by the way. I think Corn being in that video. Oh, easily, <laughs> yeah, surely easily, yeah. So Rolling Stone gave the record two and a half stars, saying Rebirth sounds like the first album that didn't come easy for Lil Wayne. He started working on it two years ago, an eternity for a guy who tosses off tracks in his hotel room between shows. If you have an internet connection, you know that it's his rock and roll record. Not such a crazy idea for this leather-clad Martian with serious rock style appeal. The problem is that Wayne has a very questionable taste in rock. He splutters and wails over tracks stuffed with aggro stomp and bland riffage. It sounds like he's been holding up with a bunch of spy mob and incubus records wayne growls like an auto-tuned kid rock on the swaggering american style but the hyper clever wayne we know is missing in action on the anguished chest thumper running he stretches his croak past breaking point and i'll on i'll die for you like some 21st century version of trans era neil young a vocally challenged genius stuck in limbo the enemy gave it four out of ten saying the reasoning behind wayne's switch from something he was very good at to something he sucks at Julie is making money. And as the music industry's cash pot moves from record sales to touring, so hip-hop stars without impressive live shows will start to lose out. That's why every song on the Jay-Z album has lighters in the air singing on choruses, and it's also why Wayne thought he'd be better off with an album he could turn into a colossal rock concert. That has not aged well at all. The Guardian gave it two stars, saying, when he stops with the sub-Motley crew stuff, he offers the odd great line, drop the world hinges on the conceit about commanding a spaceship in order to pick up a planet and throw it at the head of an ex-lover which is amazing uh but elsewhere things take a turn for the mundane born and raised in the usa where the president is b-l-a-c-k he offers official figures suggesting this makes little wayne the 4068th rapper to mention that barack obama is african-american apparently they're worried that everyone outside the hip-hop world thinks he's swedish there are still flashes of inspiration to offer but rather tellingly, they tend to arrive when Carter abandons the widdly woo solos and plodding drums. The guitars on Da 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 switch grippingly from hyperactive funk to weird atonal crunching. On Fire is a bizarre cocktail of hiccuping breakbeats and Giorgio Moroder Euro Disco, which reminds you what Little Wayne can do. For the most part, though, Rebirth underlines what he can't. The problem of rap metal remains unsol- unsolvable even by him. Uh, Pitchfork gave it 4.5 and said instead of rapping, we get gurgled auto-tuned chirps and squeals off to nullify his one in the billion elastic croak. Instead of the next level character punchlines inside of punchlines, we get pure high school insanity or swear parades deserving of a soapy mouthwash. According to Wayne, rock music combines the coked out idiocy of the Sunset Strip hair metal with the processed rage of biscuit-edded headbanging. Understandably, the combination can be abhorrent. 
The choice to cannibalise two of Rock's least respectable styles against each other makes zero sense and is especially surprising for someone obsessed with Andre 3000, whose similarly risky 2003 genre switch-up The Love Below wisely borrowed from Prince more than Evanescence. Spin called it perhaps the most misbegotten musical pratfall of 2010. Wheezy's so-called rock and roll reinvention features comically auto-tuned vocals, awkward caterwauling guitar and randomly bludgeoning drums, all produced with an erratic, tinnied enthusiasm that reflects a view of quote-unquote rock cold from the most obvious dreck rotated ad nauseum on every alternative or edge station for the past 15 years his gift for liberating lyrical absurdity is reduced to trite chest beating and rope debauchery like a broadway cheese wheel based on the motley crew memoir the dirt minus the yucks and i have found a man who was willing to stand up for this record I Guess know who? what you I know what you're about to say and and I just cannot believe how out of step this man is with us in well 90% of the time. I can't believe it. I can't believe, right? Robert Christigou gave the album in his weekly roundup an honorable mention saying so smart and scary about death as the flip side of ecstasy so unperceptive and embarrassing um so smart and scary about death on the flip side of ecstasy so unperceptive and embarrassing about emo so basically saying oh emo's terrible and this is great yeah my chemical romance is terrible but this is brilliant He's I mean, mad. yes, the He's man literally... who gave around the fur a dud or a bomb rating. I like, I mean, it wasn't particularly kind okay, to computer. Rage Machine. Ra- okay, yeah. computer. I mean, fucking hell. I, I that is, I've been, I've been holding it back, but there are things that are definitely 100% objectively bad about this record, which any reviewer should pick up on. And the fact that he hasn't oh. <laughs> is very damning. I, I, it feels like a joke now. It feels like a troll. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like he's gone, well, I'm going to say the opposite to what could be said. Okay, okay. He thinks this is better than OK Computer, basically. Which he genuinely the- thinks... He genuinely thinks this is better than OK Computer. Well, that's that that's obviously just wrong, isn't it? That is of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, I mean, fucking hell, you're allowed to like this more than you like OK Computer. I'm not going to have a go at you. Yeah, if you want to, fine. If you if if you were going to review the relative merits of the records, yes, exactly. How could how could you honestly, in any way, sit there and suggest that this is? I mean, he's not gone. Well, this is much better than OK Computer. We are making a little <laughs> bit of a jump there. But, I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. it went in at number two on the US Billboard chart, selling 176,000 copies on its first week. It's gone platinum in the US, selling a million copies. It reached number 24 on the UK album charts. Not great. But... No. You know. Not, te- not well, more than more than it deserves. <laughs> uh, but Renfrey, I'm dying to know. What do you think about the rebirth by Lil Wayne? Well, there's so much about this album which is primed to upset me and annoy me. 
Um, yeah. It has so many triggers for me. It has so many things that just... It, it it's close to being a record where it feels like someone sat down and said what are all the things that Renfrey Deadman hates and then just ticked <laughs> them off in a row it is pretty oh. appalling in my opinion um i think the first thing uh to mention to tick off is the rampant amount of auto-tune we've spoken about that a little bit already but it's clearly you know this is not auto-tune done in a oh let's sneakily change a note here it's auto-tune used as an effect um and it is really poorly done Uh, occasionally you do get bits of auto-tune being used in a tasteful manner um maybe bonnevere for example but it is just totally random all over the place. It sounds absolutely horrible. Um, it is quite a diverse record, I'll give it that, but at pretty much every turn, there are one or two very minor exceptions, but at pretty much every turn, every style that it tries to emulate, it gets really hideously wrong, like actually gets something really badly wrong. Um I thought it was kind of presented in quite a dumb Kid Rocky kind of way. There was a lot of stuff that, whilst I don't think Kid Rock would have been like, uh, well, I don't know, who knows, might have been a direct inspiration, but there was a lot of stuff that reminded me of that Kid Rock, Uncle Cracker style delivery, I suppose, and the sorts of things that he was talking about, which, you know, didn't make me like it particularly. And then, yeah, and then there's some incredibly troubling (laughs) lyrical content, which makes you, at the very least, go, huh? And at the worst, go, put this guy in prison, surely. Um, So, yeah, all in all, added up to a not great experience for me. I felt exhausted by the end of this record. (laughs) I felt really exhausted and it's about 46 minutes long. Didn't listen to the deluxe edition with two bonus tracks because I really couldn't, I couldn't hack it at that point. And um, I listened to it just before we started recording. And Mm -hmm. I did tell you, um, we were going to, I was a little bit late because I was like, I need five minutes just to like chill out for a sec after listening to this record and that was quite genuine i needed a bit of time just to be like Mm. um i i i really 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 didn't like this album at all a lot of the reasons i didn't like it were things which are just not going to be to my taste but i think there's plenty to talk about in terms of things which are really poor on this record the production do you want to start with the production i do the production mm. is fucking dire it's on woeful. this record i went so i went to my local working man's club in my village in over and just before christmas and there was a group playing who had a, a man and the woman a duo doing kind of soul songs and it was the bloke was playing the guitar over kind of karaoke back in drums right and at one point he went a bit off piste and he just put together some quite like he just was like i'm gonna do purple rain right <laughs> he just put lo- loads of reverb on his voice and he started trying to sing purple rain with like a sort of eight bit 
Oh, <laughs> dear. I didn't mean to cause you any trouble. Like, and the start of this album sounds worse than that. Mm-hmm. The bit where the guitars come in, that fucking karaoke. You used to be able to buy karaoke CDs. Yes. Have you ever done? Have you ever? If you ever get a karaoke and you go, oh, I'm going to do some of the music I like. The thing is, like, if I were going to like a karaoke room or, or what, like when they have the karaoke bars and stuff, which is, is great fun. And people are always like, oh, let's do Rage Against the Machine or let's do like... And it's like, no, there's no point doing that because when they make those backing tracks, they are so wet yeah. and they are so tinny. Like, you can kind of just about recreate, like, not even that well, but you can recreate, like, kind of pop songs. Yeah. Like, fine, good enough in a karaoke, right? In those sort of karaoke rooms. And you can kind of get by. But you want that fucking that gruff you know if you're going to do fucking Alive by Pearl Jam you don't want to go da da ding da da dong da da ding da da dong <laughs> like you don't want a fucking jingly guitar part no. that doesn't sound anything like it so no, there's no can't. point doing it yeah. <laughs> all the guitars sound like a fucking whoever made the karaoke CDs also made this record like knocked it out with, mate we got a few bits that we just got lying around do you want to do anything with this? Oh yeah, whack loads of water tune over it and call everyone a fucking cunt probably, shall I? Tell everyone how much money I've got now, big my dick is. Great. Yeah, whack that out as a new album. Brilliant. I mean, Little Star, the opening song. I just think, this is not what I want from, I mean, it's not really what I want from anyone, but if I, no. and like I say, I'm not a massive fan of Little Wayne, but if I did want something from Lil Wayne, it wouldn't be this. It wouldn't be a wet, cheap sounding sleaze rock band, like the sort mm. of band who get four out of 10 in classic rock. Right, I do mm. not want that, right? Really lazy auto-tuned, all this chat of riding with the band in the back seat. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, God, yeah, you've always got to go on. Like When anyone goes like, oh, yeah, it's my album, I've gone rock. And they've always got to talk about, yeah, and then we're backstage in the... Like, well, like fucking... All you think about with rock music is like, yeah, we're on the bus. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? We're so rock and roll sitting on the back lounge of the bus, going through the backstage area at the venue tuning up my guitar doing oh i'm so rock and roll carrying my fight flight case around just jamming with the dudes having but, a spliff after but, the gig like it's like this crap romanticized boring idea this kind of almost famous idea of like oh being being on the road is so groovy man yeah it's, bore is boring it's been boring since about 1988 and yet it's not only, oh. it's not only boring it's also total bullshit for 99% mm. of acts today like it's it, it's just a fallacy it's this perceived mm. kind of you know that's the grandeur of the job and all that kind of thing and it just isn't true and i don't think it ever has been true like the only backstage area i've been to which has been nice in my entire life is royal albert hall which is built purpose built for that kind of mm. thing and uh, Ali Pali, which wasn't built as that. It's and that's beautiful backstage yeah. because it's a fucking palace. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've got to say, I don't think Little Wayne's particularly interested in architecture. No, no. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I'm going off the subject. <laughs> yeah. My I don't bad. think Little. I think Little Wayne would go. Can you book me at the Royal Albert Hall, please? <laughs> I'd rather do four nights at the Royal Albert Hall because I really want to sort Lovely of soak up, soak up the ambiance of the backstage area. <laughs> maybe just you know get to hang around a, a, a really classic building. Maybe like read up on you know how that was put together in the kind of concerts. And you know, I don't think he really cares about that. But I, I think was, what he's I talking was... about is sitting on the back of the bus. 
and doing a load of coke. No, 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 I know. But I, I think um, it, it's exactly that glamorization in hip-hop as well. It makes me question those things quite strongly mm. and makes me go, well, all the things that are glamorized in hip-hop they are probably not very glamorous either in fact you know it's pretty certain that they're not because a lot of the stuff they're glamorizing is just not like mm. not good things at all so it, it doesn't surprise me that that was the angle that was taken because it's quite a it's quite a hip-hop thing to do mm. but uh yeah i mean it doesn't work it's rubbish I don't like it when he goes bridge and then the bridge comes in. I think well, you've, ru- you've ruined that surprise, mate. <laughs> he needed to remind himself where he was in the song. Yeah, uh, bridge. Uh, we've spoken about Prom Queen's video musically. The Papa Roach B side that it is is uh, it appears to be like I say, impervious on the schoolgirl. Different time, wasn't it? No, not really. Uh, the Prom Queen turned him down, broke his heart, but now he's a big rapper. Uh, Renfrey, this is. Skater Boy, isn't it? Oh, it's this not. Is, it's not far off it actually. Yeah. This is, this is Skater Boy. This is the hip hop Skater Boy. <laughs> I think there is. She a... was a prom queen. <laughs> she said, "See you later, boy." And now I'm a big rap star. I think that there's... I got tattoos on my face <laughs> and the Fred Durst is on my label. <laughs> Does, do you feel like an idiot now? Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah, fair enough. See you later. <laughs> I think beneath the absolutely horrendous production, which totally kills this song dead, I think if you take away the murk of all that production, there is a perfectly okay rock song underneath it, like like mm-hmm. a Skater Boy. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think Skater Boy is a objectively bad song i can understand right. why people might not like it but i think it's well put together you know mm. um so there's the, the genesis of a perfectly decent rock song in here but it's not not a brilliant one but but a decent enough one um yeah. and it's and any semblance or hope the of it prom being decent queen the is, prom yeah, destroyed queen. by performance and production the two mm. pres um and and yeah oh just oh but it's Grant, I want one, to talk about it's one, one of the best moments on the mo- on the album. It's one of the best yeah. songs on the album. Ground Zero, I need to talk about. Now, yeah. this is a more typical rap rock song. I'm going to say this, and I'm sorry, you hip hop heads, if any little Wayne fans are listening. Is this really any better than what Matcha Man Randy Savage could have come up with? <laughs> is this really any better than Matcha Man? Like in every conceivable way this is no better production wise composition wise flow wise lyrically it is no better than anything on the in fact i would say there are moments on the matchman randy savage album which are in are better in every way (laughs) at least the matchman randy savage album is fun to listen to did you ever find? Did you ever think this was? Uh, there's one or two moments where this is fun to listen to well, as well, the record goes on, which we'll get to. Yeah. But but the, but certainly Ground Zero is not fun to listen to. No, at all. He goes. Uh, I mean, he goes. I got a lot of drugs that I could just share. Oh, they doesn't sound like he's willing to share them by the performance. And the, <laughs> no. Doesn't sound like you have got. I mean, you sounds, might have some more, but sounds like they're on. They're upon. Not upon in his you, person, right. but in his person. <laughs> yeah. 
first name Crystal, second name Ball. I looked into her eyes and I could see it all. Really? Yeah. Uh, could you really? Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. The bit where he rhymes ground zero with ground zero is mental. <laughs> it's like that lonely, that lonely Island song where he goes, the other night I saw a film, as I recall, it was a horror film. <laughs> and they're a joke band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not supposed to take them seriously. Yeah. I was like, come on, mate. Come on. Yeah. And to be honest, it gets worse after that as well. Because I think the that, song yeah. Da Da Da, give me that monkey, that funky monkey. Absolutely not. I will not give you anything at all, Wayne. I'm sorry. You're no, not getting not anywhere giving, you're not near getting my, funky, my monkey. funky monkey. You are not doing that. I think that feels like it's a little um, tip of the hat to the Beastie Boys. And, you know, for Adam Yauk spinning in his grave like when i listen to this um <laughs> it sounds like an auto-tuned version of maroon 5 falling down a well <laughs> that's can't, what this song sounds like I can't even i'm trying yeah wow you wow. pushed maroon 5 down a well and then record and recorded it and then just put a load of like auto-tune on it afterwards that's what this song would sound like backstroke backstroke i'm like michael phelps with my backstroke no 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 rubbish rubbish I, I i completely agree with you i i think there's a strong uh strong argument to say that we're actually just warming up to the worst material on the record um i, I would argue i think it, <laughs> it it has a particularly saggy middle slump mm. this record i just want to say by the way on that song da 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 which yeah. again i mean he, he doesn't he barely even says it he just sort of goes there there sounds like a toddler sounds like a fucking toddler i, I did i did say he sounded like a toddler having a tantrum yeah and i can't yeah. remember if it was for da 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 or ground mm. zero but for one of those songs i said that so, yeah. uh he he also um he played bass on this track himself so he did actually play the play the bass on this track so you know, there were, as I said, rumours that he played do. the guitar. He played guitar. I mean, I don't really remember what the bass sounds like at all. Um, Paradise, spelt wrong, is a <laughs> wet ballad. I it's mean, awful par- Paradise is like... the moment where I started to really lose the will to live. <laughs> it sounds like what Gemma Smashy and Nicey on Harry and yes. <laughs> Sounds like what they think hip hop sounds like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like what Dave Lee Travis would do as a when Mike yeah. Reed did that that pro Brexit reggae song. I feel like that was closer in style and in to to, to Bob Marley than this is to, to Pink Floyd. Do you know what I mean? Like I really, it's hilarious. It is someone who clearly does not understand rock music at all trying to make some kind of rock music isn't it it's just oh it's horrible paradise and the fact that mm. it's spelt wrong just fucks me off i'm sure it's spelt wrong on purpose but it fucking annoys me uh, it's just awful i think it gets even worse with get a life well, yeah, get a life manages to make me to make me think of razor light and blink 182 at the same time <laughs> and pharrell and recent pharrell <laughs> Um, it's horrible. It sounded like someone... He's just yelping as well. He's just yeah. sort of yelp, yelping over the top of it. What are you doing? You know, 
you know when people get the entire discography of a band and they play it all over each other and put it up on YouTube? It sounded he done sounded like he'd done that with the Madness discography, and then auto tuned the fuck out of it. It is awful. It's so horrible. Very, very bad. It, it, very, very bad. I think it's quite interesting to note as well that on Spotify. Um, get a life it doesn't have the least amount of listens on the album but there is a sudden slump in the middle of the record it goes from 4,708,779 on paradise to 1,815,418 for get a wife get a life and then on the next song it goes up to 5,420,863 that suggests to me that people are pressing play on the album and then skipping get a life there's a very, suggest. very strong argument that that because, is the case. Because yeah. usually the pattern for albums on Spotify, with you know a couple of exceptions, with ex- single exceptions and stuff like that, is like the listenership drops off the more the album goes on. Which mm. this album more or less does go on, to bar, bar the singles and the big one, which we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I just it didn't surprise me at all when I saw that because it's it's just horrible. You want it off straight away it's some horrible yeah. cod reggae piece of shit it's dreadful yeah it's horrible. and then he and then he covers the theme tune from fame <laughs> yeah fame i want to die right now is what it should turn rather than i want to live forever i want to be dead rather than listening to this i mean look, to be fair on fire which is the name of the song is at least not led by some terribly thin guitar riff and it is a bit more of a hip-hop song just a shitty novelty one it's not a very good one though but, um so, yeah. but it's slightly more musically his niche i think um but the bit where he goes she's screaming she's creaming she's on fire she tells you quite a lot of what you need to know about much of wayne's <laughs> attitude in this and the motley cruise there are like motley crew solos in the background just mm. you can't resist because this is meant to be a quote-unquote rock record couldn't resist putting some horrible la glam rock guitar sound get rid of that yeah get rid of that i was actually like look this is fame by irene cara and it's not very good and it's obviously about a girl who well i'll leave it to your imagination i'm i'm more offended by the i mean i'm gonna spell it out now but i'm far more offended by him repeating the fact that she's creaming because <laughs> I, mm. I i don't know just don't need to know it um but, <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean offended probably isn't the word because i don't think there's anything on this record that's properly worth getting offended over even though there definitely are things we've kind of we have jumped over the fact that you know he uses the uh slur against the gay community the f word um a few times on the record and stuff like that and he makes comparisons to uh 9-11 on ground zero which are very mm-hmm. very like really mate are you, you you really going there and talks about how i'm loved and praised in the usa my ancestors were slave in the usa but not today it's all right yeah come on which well, i'm we'll sure we'll get into that a bit more oh the, right well i'm sure after. wow that would raise yeah. a few questions in the in yeah. the African-American <laughs> it, community. If you know where I'm going with this, I mean, yeah, we probably should have seen it coming, right? Okay. With lyrics like that. But um, that's for in a little bit. 
Okay. Uh, Drop the World comes in. I actually don't mind that song. I think it's spacey and weird sci-fi and it's got a bit more of actual Lil Wayne. I'm going to pick the world up and I'm going to drop it on your head. There is something... It's funny, isn't it? There is something <laughs> weirdly... Like, I don't think the hook on Drop the World is good, but there's something so infectiously dumb about it that I'm actually prepared to go with it. I would say it's probably the only success on this entire album and most mm-hmm. of that isn't even to do with Lil Wayne himself well Eminem comes in and does the same thing he does on every feature that he's ever been on which is get really angry and speak really fast and sound better than who he's doing it with and fuck off and that's kind of his thing really so yeah. uh, I wasn't surprised that Eminem came in and sounded good yeah. um, but it wasn't I don't think like, it's the wow. best thing. I don't think no, it's, it's, it's the best like... thing he's ever done. No, no, but, no, no. But I think he's... I think there was an element at this point where I was just like, oh fuck, thank God, someone with some talent. <laughs> you know, at that like mm. eight tracks in, I was so grateful for him being there that I feel like it might have um raised the the, the quality in some people's minds just through some sort of Stockholm syndrome. Um, because I have seen people be like, "Oh my god, it's one of the best things he's ever done," and and it, I mean it isn't, but it it's so much better than anything else on this record. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it is definitely it's the best song on the record, easily. And and definitely. and again, Spotify absolutely uh, would go along with that with because it's got 182 million uh, mm-hmm. listens on it, and the next one down has 26 million listens which mm. is quite a drop yeah got some incubus shite coming in on after that running which sounds like it's trying to be red hot chili peppers don't care for yes. this as much i'm not gonna lie you get the chorus <laughs> with the sort of female vocals comes in and it just morphs straight into an anastasia song <laughs> and you're like fuck me mate lil wayne making a rock album and you sound like shania twain you're hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Although I have to say, right, I have to say, I'm going to front up uh, this, like, I listen to this album three times because I think it's fucking hilarious, right? <laughs> but it's not good, this song. But to, to my shame, towards the end, when all the trumpets come in and the loads of like, Wah! I'm running and all that shit, I did feel my leg jiggling and it was quite catchy. <laughs> Okay, I can't say I had the same. Um, I can't say I had the same thing happen to me, but but mm. that's that's fair enough. That's fine. Yeah, we got a song called "One Way Trip," which sounds like the Lonely Island, who are again are a joke band. It's like yeah. the Lonely Island covering Six in the Morning by Ice T at the start, and then some massive dumb rock chorus comes in. There's a bit where someone goes <laughs> in it, and it's just like what? What are, you, what are you, Tom Jones? Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's mad. Yeah. I think the Lonely Island uh, comparison is really apt because it felt to me as if if this had been released by a quote-unquote comedy band doing a parody, like a Weird Al Yankovic type or Lonely Island type, then it would be totally acceptable. But the fact that it hasn't been means it's completely and utterly unacceptable. <laughs> like it's just, just the quality is just fucking atrocious. This is not the eight, good enough. What's like, the eight bit shit going on in the background? What's the oh, fucking Nintendo fucking going on in the background? I know that was a thing, but I, I mean, 
arguably in 2022 the most embarrassing thing about it is he's boasting that Travis Barker is his drummer which is really dated he's like he's fucking everybody's drummer now mate yeah. you're not special he's fucking James Arthur's drummer he's literally everybody's drummer yeah. Yeah. I just have to play like the, a chord sequence which sounds a little bit like what's my age again and he's my fucking drummer do you know what I mean he's everybody's fucking drummer <laughs> boast about Travis Barker being your drummer <laughs> Is that what's is, aged the most on this album? Yeah, well, <laughs> arguably has. It's like the fucking it's like the fucking Father Christmas of drummers, isn't he? Travis Barker. I don't know how he manages to play on literally every single album by some knobhead or some bunch of knobheads. But he does. Yeah. Yeah, Fair he does. play to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's actually a great drummer, so, you know. Yeah. So we, uh, we got two... <laughs> you'll ever be about Blink 182 yeah he's a good drummer I mean you know what what a waste but fine Um, Nicki Minaj turns up on the song Knockout which sounds like Paramore being hijacked by Lil Kim and (laughs) I found myself listening to that and I was like if Poppy released this would I think it was any good and I was like uh, I'm not sure I would but it does sound like something that maybe would I, I actually think Nicki Minaj her little feature on it is quite good she's not doing the singing but I think her actual rap is again like she just comes in and she does the thing she does I think Nicki Minaj is alright I'm going to give Nicki Minaj a pass okay she doesn't, she doesn't do anything for me but okay I thought but she was I mean, quite good I don't think she's awful like mm-hmm. Lil Wayne often is so yeah I think at this point the record has definitely got better this is the high point it, of the it, record it, right it, it does so it's <laughs> It starts the best that it's going to get, more or less. <laughs> then it has that good, god-awful dip, and it hasn't mm-hmm. been particularly high to begin with. Um, but then, well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, it, it peaks yeah. with the Eminem track and then sort of slowly tapers off, I would say. <laughs> yeah, because The Price is Wrong is Lil Wayne trying to be bad brains. Yeah. Um, going for that kind of DC hardcore mashup thing. It's fairly catchy, he says. But this is something HR probably wouldn't say. I used to be the baddest motherfucker in the classroom, the lunchroom, and the bedroom. Mate, you're nearly 30. I reckon going on about how you were hard in the lunchroom. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? A decade after you left school. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's Blink One Eight Two syndrome again, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but you don't have to. Do, why are you doing that? Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, I'm making a, I'm making a rock album, and I like Blink One Eight Two. I like all the sort of pop punk stuff, so I better act like a fucking juvenile bell end as well. Like, come on, man. Maybe that was the thought process. I have no idea. I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I would question many of the thoughts behind the lyrics on this record to be i mean that isn't the main one i would question maybe no, the 911 no, no. one i might question a bit more. yeah 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 but <laughs> i just think I mean? it's worth it yeah it's worth pointing out but yeah the, like that 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 would be like question 57 on my list of questionable lyrics to be totally yeah. honest with you on this record i mean so here's the thing about this record right is it's bad right it is bad this yeah. record i mean the first half in particular is is dire the yep. first half of this record is dire. The second half, call me a new metal apologist, call me a false metal, whatever. But there's nothing that is great on it. But I listen, I've listened to it a few times, this record, because I think it's fucking, fucking hilarious. 
it's fucking hilarious this record and but i know it's not meant to be hilarious like there's a sort of yeah. sense with stuff that like macho man randy savage as we mentioned we don't know how serious macho man was and, you know you I, think I, I mean funny. i think he's I think, I think he's genuinely annoyed that hulk hogan phoned his dad and i don't think he's <laughs> joking about that and fair play because you shouldn't really phone someone's dad should you do you think it's funny in the way that the Corey feldman record is funny let's say so not intentionally funny but you're just oh, like absolutely yeah. absolutely like you're okay. delu- like kind of maddeningly delusional yeah. um but you know uh well we'll talk about the kind of the 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 aftermath of it in a little bit but broadly remfrey i think you probably i think i i found some level of kind of ironic even ironic but just some i found some level of like just bewildered enjoyment out of this Uh okay yeah i can understand how someone could do that but there are too many things which are just so again against my taste like like the autotune stuff i just i just wouldn't be able to ever listen to it in a so bad it's good kind of fashion personally Mm. but i can understand how someone could do that so yeah so um, we'll talk about where it will go in the list in a minute. But after the release of the album, he was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Well done. But on the 8th of March 2010, he was sentenced to a year at Rikers Island Prison for possession of an illegal weapon. Not so well done. Right. Uh, later that year, his eighth album, which came out on the 27th of September, which is his 28th birthday, um, I Am Not Human, uh, came out. It was uh, released and praised by critics sounding far more in the realm of his earlier material and thus you could say maybe Lil Wayne's dalliance with rock music was kind of over to a certain extent sounds like it was a rebirth and then an abort basically by the sounds of it yeah possibly which could be one of the lyrics on this record um (laughs) yeah i mean look he hasn't completely been rock music off you know particularly by that point obviously signed limp biscuit to cash money records even though they never actually released an album on it but we did get ready to go i mean he did an amazing feature from the man himself on ready to go uh and that was in 2013 i think that's a like you know we spoke about how bad he was on the the weezer record and i thought he was quite good on the weekend so i think you've got like if you look at the weezer the weekend and limp biscuit you've got a very bad feature, a pretty all right feature, and a fucking great feature. I'm ready to go. He's that that little bit that he comes in is fucking awesome. But then again, you know, you think like Limp Biscuit are dumb and stu- like that song is a dumb fucking song, stupid song. Limp Biscuit are dumb. Limp Biscuit are just like, you know, thug headery, OTT. Do you know what I mean? But but good riffs and really fucking propulsive and catchy and stuff. And if you'd have whacked Limp Biscuit. In as the, you know, if his rhythm section had been John Otto and Sam Rivers and he got Wes Borland to write him some riffs as record, maybe things would have been a little bit different. Who knows? I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure it would have been a massive improvement, a huge mm. improvement. I mean, you, I think you know we're in slight disagreement, read the Lil Wayne um, guest appearances, because I kind of, I wasn't a big fan of either of the guest appearances mm. on the weekend record. Um, but uh, and I don't recall the Limp Bizkit one, so um, he hasn't really won me over at all at any point so far. But I, I he's pre- got that line on the Limp Bizkit one. Now I'm free falling, yeah, to the worst. Red hat to the back, like Fred Durst. That's fucking which, great. Which album's it on? 
It's not on an album. It's a one-off single, isn't it? Ready to go. They say that rock shit doesn't rock anymore. You know that song? Not heard it? I, Mate, I, it's I a fucking... Uh, it's the best Limp Biscuit song that... Since Biscuit... Since Chocolate Starfish, it's the best Limp Biscuit song. Definitely. Okay. It's right. awesome. All fucking right. awesome. We'll check it out. Makes me want to cut my dick off and beat an old age pensioner to fucking death with it. That's how mad it makes me want to go. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly, uh, okay. it makes me want to pour cement up my ass. <laughs> oh, music's a powerful mm. thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, crikey! It makes me want to piss on my dad's tits. <laughs> it doesn't want to make you uh, piss up someone's ass just in case their shit's on fire, does it? No, not quite as bad as anything no, like that. No, no, it's not. Like not, that, no. not Rob Flynn. Not it's Rob not as Flynn. Good as, no. Not, not uh, Rob Flynn would never. But it does, it does. It honestly makes me want to get, like, pull, cut my tongue off and shove it up a horse's bum. <laughs> <laughs> and then eat the shit. What is going oh, on? Oh, what is going on? Could you get on with it, please? <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, it just makes me go mad, basically, is what I'm saying. Because it's just a loads of fun. Why did um, you just say that? <laughs> I don't know. Why did you have to want... beat an OAP to death with your severed cock? Not necessary. I think that would take a fucking long time to do that, to be honest. <laughs> I'd probably bleed to death before they did, before they died. Yeah, it'd be a I've not thought it through. This is, this, is, this is how giddy that song makes me feel. I haven't thought it through. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you remember that news story about the guy who plied off his own scrotum for a dare? And no. he did... <laughs> do you remember? And the sun had it like... It went kind of... And this, they, there's a picture, you know, like your compo face where, you know, people like have compensation. They're like, oh, I found a rat in my McDonald's and it's their, yeah. like sturdy face looking all sad yeah, and they're holding yeah. the thing. He was doing that, but he was holding the pliers against his, like, his crotch <laughs> and he was smiling. <laughs> he, he cut his own scrotum off with a pair of pliers because someone in the pub, his local pub said, oh, I bet he won't do that. And he did. And he was just delighted to be in the paper about it. <laughs> I, oh. I despair for humanity sometimes. I know, it was bizarre. But anyway, it was still... That probably felt better than the first three songs on this album, <laughs> I have to say. Anyway, so by the time the Carter Four came along in 2011, Lil Wayne had been in jail. Um, <laughs> and uh, that led to the sessions being scrapped and the entire album was re-recorded after he was released and since then he's just been going about doing his thing you know um releasing music yes the odd headline here and there nothing major he's had a few seizures over the years we all have haven't we? we've all had you know two on one flight in 2016 he had two seizures um oh. one in the show in las vegas in 2017 he's found unconscious in his hotel room had to cancel the show so he's had some like illness um uh he's been on the wrong side of the law a little bit which i'll talk about in a minute he made a few critical statements regarding the black lives matter movement in 2016 um one of them being i don't feel connected to a damn thing that ain't got nothing to do with me if you if you do you crazy as shit uh before adding that his status as a wealthy black man uh, who has white fans is evident that black people are valued in the united states of america ah yes um there can be no obesity problem in America, says Christian Bale's character in The Machinist. Look at my skinny waist. 
<laughs> there can be no obesity in America because I'm not fat, basically. Mm. <laughs> That's Fucking mad, isn't hell. it? That's mad, isn't it, Lil Wayne, a multi-millionaire rap mogul superstar, <laughs> doesn't see the adverse effects of racism personally himself, ergo decides that it doesn't exist at all. Uh, that feels, feels like, like a mighty short-sighted thing to say. It does a little bit. Yeah. It does a little bit. He's also been criticised for his ongoing support of Donald Trump, uh, posting a picture of the two of them together on twenty in uh, in twenty twenty just before the election. Um, and on December the twelfth, twenty twenty, he pleaded guilty to a fi- federal firearms charge brought against him by the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida. Um, Stemming from an incident during December of the previous year when he was arrested in Florida after transporting a loaded handgun on his private jet from California. As a convicted felon, he is barred from possessing weapons such as this. Yes. Uh, although he was pardoned by Donald Trump on January the 19th, 2021, Donald Trump's final day in office. He was one of those people that oh, Trump pardoned. So, right. you know, he's a... Cunt. It's been a quiet year, quite a decade for little Wayne. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Got anything you want to add to any of those stories at all, Renfrey? Nothing at all which is redeeming about this fella (laughs) at all. Like, not in the slightest. I I mean, I'm... I know know it seems clear that you get more enjoyment out of this album than I do. I think that is definitely clear. Mm. It's going high, Steve. Oh, God. It has to go high. Objectively, of course it is. It has to go high. I am very much... This is me hanging around with the guy who cut his pliers off in... <laughs> cut his dick, his balls off with the pliers, just because I want to see what match. Like me listening to it, is it me going, I want to see what what he's going to do next. He's going to do next. Yeah, what's yeah, he going to yeah, do yeah. next? Is he going to like stuff, fucking stick a frog down his bell end or something? Like what's he going to do? <laughs> like and this is what why this, I'm like, what's he going to do next? Oh my god, he's doing Paramore with Nicki Minaj and talking about shagging every girl that lives in his building yeah i mean i will i will admit there is a there is a certain kind of like what is coming yeah yeah Yeah. no 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 that is true i i got tired of it by the end but certainly towards the beginning of me listening to the record i was like fucking hell what's he going to attempt and fail at next he's a a lunatic he's mad as a lighthouse he's absolutely (laughs) he's bonkers this guy so you know and obviously as well like I said, he's hard work. I said this at the start. You don't want to hang around with him. He's weird. He's a weird. He seems like a real weird guy. Yeah. But we should concentrate on the album. There is quickly something I wanted to pick up on is that the legacy of this record, funnily enough, has been reevaluated a little bit over the last few years. Okay. You discover who have decided to reevaluate the record on its tenth anniversary. Um, called it a rap rock landmark, and said rebirth was the culmination of one era and the beginning of another. It's not unfair to say that without it, Kanye's Yeezus era could have been entirely different, and artists like Lil Uzi Vert would not exist at all. Rebirth is an unlikely success story, and one of the most influential albums of the last decade. That was last in twenty twenty. Sorry, um, should be pointing out that you. Uh, you discover is part of the Universal Group. This album came out on yes. a Universal Records subsidiary. So, hmm, I wonder mm. why they're saying that. Mm. But uh, let's also have a look at 
what a website called DJ Booth said about this album being a lost classic in 2019. They said, in retrospect, Rebirth presented the boldest move an A-list rap artist has ever made. The biggest rapper on earth used his golden moment to drop a rock album. That'd be like if Kevin Hart did a show at Madison Square Garden where he told zero jokes and simply read poems about nature. Now, it's not, though, is it? That's not what it's like at all. No. That's a really quite a bad analogy. I've just invented about nine bad analogies in the last five minutes, and I think all of them hold up better than what you've just said there. <laughs> I mean, I... I, I... I will accept that it's a bold move, certainly, but it's just a different genre. So, are... so is cutting your scrotum off just yeah. to prove the point. <laughs> it's a very bad move. Um, and uh, there are plenty of people who would be in the Venn diagram who would like Lil Wayne and rock music as well. So it's not quite as suicidal a move as that guy's pointing out, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it does seem quite an odd thing to say, particularly with the mass. It's not like he's making out like rock and hip-hop it's just never happened before um the article in truth is basically just sort of fantasy piece where piece where the author imagines this record was critically adored to the point where wayne replaces the beatles as the gold standard for rock music eventually the beatles cancel themselves paul mccartney releases a statement formally apologizing for not being as amazing as little wayne and leads the worldwide movement encouraging everyone to burn their beatles records and wipe their music from streaming services he then uh, goes on to tell you how um he gets my chemical romance to reform and he replaces gerard way in my chemical romance and and they also bring Freddie Mercury back from the dead to support Lil Wayne as he headlines Coachella. <laughs> oh, what a definite not waste of time that was, me reading that. Really weird article. That really, like a really fucking fun. insane article. Just fucking weird. It is yours truly, the man who cut his scrotum off. <laughs> was it written by Lil Wayne himself? I like, don't know. I don't know. It was a, a mad fuck who ever wrote that. But. Here's where I am going to get a little bit more serious. Much more compelling is the 2017 piece from Complex Magazine titled Lil Wayne's Worst Album is also his most influential. And it is actually a really interesting article. I've pulled a few quotes from it, but I would suggest that if you're interested, go and read this because it is a very... Ozzy doesn't really like the record, but it does point out well, it points out this. I'll Sometimes put it in the show notes, by the way, just so mm, okay. if anyone does want to. Yeah. Sometimes your biggest album isn't your best album. Sometimes your worst album improbably becomes your most influential. It happened to Kanye, whose 808s and Heartbreak, while beloved by a vocal minority, is rarely considered his best. Now, unexpectedly, it's happening to Little Wayne. Uh, it goes on to say, Autotune was always the new axe and Wayne was its Eric Clapton. Rebirth's greatest misstep was Wheezy's misguided belief that he needed guitars to enter the rock canon. Little Wayne was always the world's biggest rock star, but he didn't realise it when he sold the world on Lollipop. Rebirth's criticism sent around arguments like, instead of rapping, we get gurgled autotune chirps and squirrels that often nullify his one in the billion elastic croak. This argument from Pitchfork and countless other outlets now seem outdated in a world where Travis Scott is hoarsely screaming goosebumps 15 times a night goosebumps itself is rebirth-esque in its delivery but thankfully not in its execution gurgled auto-tune chirps is now the foundation upon which commercial rap has been built upon it was always unfair to worship wayne the best rapper alive and crucify wayne the rock star in the very same breath wheezy f turned rock into a novelty eight years before h&m could colored locks vintage tees singing off key and emo cliches are now par for the course in modern hip-hop 
eight years ago, the classifications of hip-hop and what was expected of its stars were far more rigid. To wane, Rebirth represented creative freedom. In the intervening years since Rebirth, rap's melodies have gotten better, robotic vocal effects have become the texture of the time, and our understanding of how rock and roll both musically and culturally fits into the hip-hop tapestry has become more precise. None of this would have been possible if Wayne, at the height of his power, didn't hit his Pink Floydian wall headfirst. Anything to add to that, Renfrey? I I feel like I don't know enough about the subject to be able to say whether um, the writer has a point or not. The only thing I will say is it does sound like what this album has potentially influenced is a load of shit that I wouldn't like. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't sort of improve it in my estimation in any way, shape or form. I think it's mm. really weird to sort of say that it improved there was one thing that was said there like out of tune sort of singing or emo rap or something like that and Mm. i was like what that's a good thing is it um i mean you know i suppose we talk about stuff like discordant noise and things like that like it's a good thing sometimes which to outsider ears might seem a little bit like why is that well i think it's pointing out the influence of it i mean it does say the album you know his worst album is his most influential album yeah yeah, so he's happily calling it the worst you know he's he's gone on record to go this is the worst album but at the time but i think what he's saying is is it's his worst album but at the time, a lot of the things that people were just up in arms about have now become commonplace in hip-hop. Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I mean, you know, like, there are certainly um, certain artists... I think, we, you know, we've said this a bunch of times. I, I am not a fan of a lot of the stuff that... Particularly around 2017, 2017, 2018, when, you know, Post Malone, when kind of that... Um, that Post Malone album came out and everyone was going mad for it. Oh, he's totally part of rock music and all this stuff. And I was a bit like, I mean, I don't see it. We've already spoken about Lil Xan and the whole stuff surrounding him. But, you know, but there are, there's a world of those artists I don't know enough about. I mean, is this relatable to something like Ghost Mane or Scarlord or Backwash even? Like, maybe. Like, Like, if it was the first one to sort of do, I mean, I'm not really sure like how relatable you could say that is but it's not an in, it doesn't seem on that level to be an insane proclamation that a artist the size of Lil Wayne doing that had influence on things that came later is the majority of that stuff actually any good well you know again it's a taste issue and I would say that for me no but I'm sure most people who are influenced by Lil Wayne um, are probably surely better than this record surely I I would imagine so I, I, I also <laughs> think there is I mean I even think I've, I've talked a lot of shit about Post Malone before but I think mm. that Post Malone album is definitely better than this right I think there is um, just as much of a through line from Head P.E. to this or, 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 or mm. from Head P.E. to Backwash, for example, you know. Um, like, there's plenty of examples of really bad rap but, uh, rock that you can go back, uh, up, you know, 10, 15 years prior and you could attribute that to Backwash potential. Only if they're aware of it, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we just don't know, do we? But, yeah, so we, we don't really know. But, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, I guess. This is a multi-platinum selling record, whereas... Um, 
Head PE were a tiny That's little true. underground rap rock band who sort of commercially peaked two decades ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, look, it's an interesting theory, but it ain't going to save the record yeah, from yeah, yeah. getting in the sort of no, higher, echel- higher echelons <laughs> of, of this chart, I would say. Hmm. I'm looking at it right now. <clears throat> Hard to swallow by Vanilla Ice or this. Because that's what it comes down to, right? Well, I would take hard to swallow because, as you've already pointed out, Vanilla Ice is the weak link on that record. If you take Vanilla Ice off it, you've not got a great record, but you've got a much better record. And the production and the way, how weak this sounds and the awful, awful way that it comes across, it came out later then hard to swallow so it should be it should sound better than hard to swallow does but it doesn't i mean yeah i i would rather re-listen to hard to swallow than this yeah that it's for me it's it's this is incredibly easy to place it's either above or below hard to swallow because below it you've got blood sweat and towers both towers of london which is rubbish absolutely fucking rubbish yeah but i think you know nobody's they're just kind of an irrelevance aren't they towers of london do you know what i mean they're just kind of a silly little you can kind of easily bat them away as being oh look at that silly kind of novelty you band. can they're never yes. anything really yeah. yeah 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 um and then below it you have cut the crap by the clash now i've already said i got a little bit of an enjoyment from listening to this record just because i thought so much of it was fucking hilarious i'm genuinely offended by cut the crap by the Mm. clash Mm. it ups i am upset by it it upsets me i am furious about it i'm not furious about this i think it's fucking stupid and i think he's a nutter (laughs) but cut the crap is appalling it is this is this is appalling in a just like what are you doing whereas cut the crap is like what are you doing? Mm. So for me, I was looking at it and I was like, it's hard to swallow. It's a bit, what's better out of hard to swallow. And I think broadly speaking, like certainly musically hard to swallow is far better. Uh, there's some dodgy ass shit. The vanilla ice says on that record, but there's some dodgy but ass li- shit. But Lil Wayne, says, Lil Wayne so. is matching him fucking stride for stride. I on think, that, I think on that's, that level. that's matched. Frankly, they're, they're both yeah. that like, they're awful for different reasons, but they're both awful. Yeah. So for me, I think personally, it goes in between the clash and vanilla ice. I'm, that's what yeah, I, think. I, I actually don't think that's a bad shout. I, I was just wondering if it should go next to Corey Feldman angelic to the core um but i understand what you're saying with the clash i don't have as much investment in the clash as you do so i'm not as offended by that record but it is fucking terrible um but i'm more than happy for it to go uh at number 12 which would be in between the clash and vanilla ice me too it's been a while since you had something in the top i mean look do you know what i mean i think this is this is a record which is um an, an artist who I don't have loads of time for particularly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't really care that much about Lil Wayne, so I don't really care what he gets up to. He's fucking mad, isn't he? He's absolutely <laughs> off his bonds. Yeah. And he's a silly he's a silly fucker. And um, you know, I think he is you can tell when you listen to the Carter too, he's got a, he's 
got his own style he's got a unique style blah 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 doesn't show it here doesn't show it here and he often massively embarrasses himself and you know it might have been influential but like you say it's probably influenced stuff that's a load of old crap so let's put him there down at number 12 it is a bad bad record this but i tell you what you won't have as much fun as you would with the matter man randy savage album but i think if you listen to it you just it is jaw-dropping at some points what it sounds like and what's going on and for that, I do actually find myself rather enjoying it. I think Paradise and Get a Life, if you want to go straight to the really awful shit, then... Uh, yeah. Or maybe just start from the beginning. And the for, the second you press... Last. I did an audible gasp, like, won't somebody think of the children, when I pressed play, first of all. And it was like... <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, oh my... Awful. I've got demos of crap rock bands that my mates are in from the 80s that on tape that sound better than that. It is f- <laughs> fucking unbelievable. Anyway, <clears throat> a bit of a change of tact next week, Renfrey. We're going to be doing Cyberpunk by Billy Idol. Oh, okay. okay. So, you know, a bit more your speed, isn't it? <laughs> well, I suppose it's more my tempo. Um, yeah. I think so. Okay, cool. There you go. Uh, Billy Idol that's what we're going to be talking about next week thank you very much for listening I hope you've enjoyed the show we'll be back next week chatting about Billy Idol um, for now um, I was going to I can't even quote anything from this record because it's so fucking absolute fucking nonsense Not But um, sounding like a queer bashing hating, hateful person no yeah. <laughs> I um off now what are you doing Renfrew are you going to go and um, cut your scrotum off with a <laughs> pair of garden shears yeah why not yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you next week, everyone.